Turn with me, please, in the scriptures to Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians chapter 4. We've been on Friday nights on a subject we're calling Careful for Nothing. And uh, the Lord dealt with me some months ago about this, and, and we've been making a lot of progress. Three of us have. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, if you haven't been with us and heard the previous messages, they're available. The easiest, quickest way is go online, download them, won't cost you anything. And around here we have a saying, no cost means no excuse for not knowing it, not getting it, not having it. And those of you that have been with us, would it be worth their time to, to get into these things and, and feed your spirit? Faith comes how? By hearing. But faith in every area must be developed. You could be strong on faith for healing, but be weak in faith for finances and getting your needs met. You could be strong on one area and weak in another. So your faith needs to be fed in every area. And so we've got a lot of resources available online. And if you're feeling if something's not going good in that area of your life, one of the first things to do is start feeding your faith in that area. Because you know that no matter what it's going to take to fix it, the first thing is faith in God. Right? Get his help. Get him involved with you. And you're going to come out all right. In Philippians, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice. Verse 5, let your moderation. Now, that word doesn't mean what we think of when we think moderation. Look it up for yourself and you'll see. One translation says, Your sweet reasonableness, <laughs> sweet reasonableness, your considerateness. You want to be easy to get along with. You want to be easy going, kind. Uh, unto all men the Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be careful for nothing. Let's say that out loud a couple of times. Be careful for nothing. Say it again. Be careful for for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now he tells us precisely what to do. Rejoice all the time. Don't be upset and anxious and fearful about anything. Keep your mind on the right things. And the peace of God's going to keep your heart and mind. Now, not all Christians are doing this. And certainly, not too many are doing it all the time. 
night and day. And it's sad because living through torment and worrying and staying upset all the time is not necessary. We don't have to live this way. And yet most people do. (laughs) And so we need to decide, is the word true? Is what the Lord's telling us to do, can we do it? Or are we just unable at certain times and seasons and situations in life to avoid being upset and staying mad and scared and hurt and bothered? This word careful, that word means anxious care, anxiety. The Young's literal translation says, for nothing be anxious. The Amplified, I think, says it really well. It says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Say that out loud, please. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Is this Bible? Do most people live like that? No. No. If it's available, why don't more people live this way? Don't fret. Is it possible to go day after day and not be scared or worried or upset about anything? To go for weeks at a time and go for months at a time. And not not be upset, not be scared, not be worried. (laughs) What do you think? I think we need to read some more scriptures. Well, right here in this same chapter, if you just skip down to verse 13, he tells us it is. Just a few verses later, what does it say? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Well, this is the same passage of Scripture as be careful for nothing. No anxiety, no worry about anything. In 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5 and 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, he said, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. If you cast, cast means throw, it's a strong word. If you throw all your anxiety and worry and fear and being upset on him, then how upset would you be? If you're upset at all, then you didn't throw all of it on him. And if you did throw it all on him, how much would you have? How much care would you have? With no care, you'd be carefree. Not worried at all. Not anxious and scared at all. Is it possible to do the Bible? Or are we just going to say, I know that's in there, but I know I can't. See, it's by faith. Don't go by what you've experienced or haven't experienced. Is the Bible true or is it not true? Then can you do what he told you to do? Can we do it? Then it is gloriously possible 
to go day after day and night after night and not pace the floor and not lose sleep and not have stomach problems. Come on, are you with me? And not just have that gnawing thing in the back of your mind, no matter what you're doing, because you're worried about this. You're worried about them. You're worried about how this is going to turn out. Worry is a waste of our energies. It's a waste of our time. Let's say you worry all night about something and you didn't sleep. The next day, as you're dealing with the things that you need to deal with, will you be better off or worse off? If you had just slept. Whoever helped their child by worrying about them. Whoever fixed a marriage problem by worrying and being scared about it. Whoever paid a bill because they worried so much, the bill, the money just appeared. They reached such a level of worry intensity that money started to come. (laughs) Said out loud, worry Worry. is a complete waste. It's a waste. It's a waste of my life. It's a waste of my energy and my strength. Worry will drain you. Just like pulling the plug on the tub and the water running out. You can get all built up in a good service, in a good meeting. Something good happened and you can go and hear a bad report and plop down in your chair or fall across your bed and lay there and worry and cry and the strength will just run out of you like water down the drain. And you need that strength. I said you need that strength. To deal with the situation. The Lord didn't tell us don't worry. Don't be be careful. Don't be anxious and worried about anything. Cast all your care over on me. He didn't tell us that just because it's a good idea. It is. But there's so much more to it than that. We are not designed to carry care. We can't handle it. Nobody can. It will break you down. It will age you prematurely. It will make you sick. It will break you. And it won't help anybody. So just being logical and reasonable. If it breaks me and takes away what I need to deal with the situation. And it has never helped anybody. Why would I continue to do it? It's illogical. It's unreasonable. We need to ask ourselves. We need to kind of sneak up on ourselves once in a while. And look at what we're saying and doing and going, is that going to help anything? Is that going to fix anything? Is that going to make anything better? Then why keep doing it? And if you say, I can't help it, you're contradicting Scripture. You're saying the Bible's not true. Well, we're moving along now, aren't we? We're excited now. <laughs> Go to John 14, please. John 14, 1. 
Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. What do you do instead of be troubled? You believe. You have faith. Skip on down to the 26th verse. He said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. He'll bring all things to your remembrance. Whatever I've said to you, and what effect will that have on you? It will comfort you. That will keep him in perfect peace, the Bible said, whose mind is stayed on him. When we're thinking about him, Romans says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Does it matter what we think on? It's a matter of life and death. According to Romans 8. There are certain things you think on. It will minister death to you. There are other things you can think on. It will minister life and peace to you. The moment you start thinking on the right things. Immediately. Fear begins to leave. Peace begins to come. Life begins to come. You begin to get stronger. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. And he said it again. Let not your heart be troubled. Who's the understood subject here? What did Jesus tell us? Don't let your heart be troubled. Here he added to it. Don't let it be afraid. Should we take this personally? Should we take the words of the master? What What did he tell us? Don't let, he said, Keith, don't let your heart be troubled. Keith, don't let your heart be afraid. Now, there is no following exceptions. (laughs) Unless this happens. Because if this happens, I know you're not going to be able to keep from being afraid. No, no, no. He didn't say try to do it. He didn't say do your best. I know sometimes you won't be able to. What did he say? So what am I going to tell him? If if I get upset, if I'm worried, if I'm scared, what am I going to tell him? Lord, I know you said that. (laughs) But, but what? Help me out. Either I'm going to go day after day and week after week and month after month not troubled and not afraid. Or I'm going to be troubled and afraid some portion of the time. And for that portion of time, how am I going to explain this to the Lord who told me don't do it? Help me out. What do I tell him? What do I tell him? Yeah, but we got to have $8 million by two months. And I don't know where it could come from. Somebody got a bad report. They say it's terminal. They say there's nothing can be done. It's somebody's child. What do I do? (laughs) You should see the looks I'm getting across the crowd. Do you know what most religious church going people believe? 
They believe if you care, you worry. And if you didn't worry, you don't care. How does that agree with this? I can't help it. I just, I, I care so much. I'm a good pastor. And a good pastor cares when things are going on with his people. So I, it's a heavy load. But you know, when you care like I do, it just stays on my mind all the time. And I'm, you know, I just, I've cried half the night about it. Well, we got thousands of people. I'd be doing a lot of crying. There's been a lot of bad reports. There's been a lot of situations. I do care. Phyllis does care. I care enough to not waste our energies on things that can't help you. I care enough to do the one thing you should want me to do, which is get in faith. And if I'm worried and scared, I'm not in faith. I know this is more plain than some folks like it to be, but it's just the truth. You can fear or you can be in faith. I have to decide. Now you've got to retrain yourself. Because people were brought up and taught that it's godly to worry. It just shows you care. And the more you care, the more upset you are. Because you care so deeply. These are doctrines of men and actually doctrines of devils. They are lies designed to incapacitate people, to drain them of their strength and to keep them anywhere except in faith so that miracles don't happen and that death just is pervasive. And it's the devil's favorite thing to do this with preachers. Because if I'm worried and Phyllis is worried and I'm anxious, even though I come and try to put on a good show, it'll be in the tone of my voice. It'll be in the look of my eye. Come on, are you listening? The spirit of it will be there and it'll be depressing. And the truth is, a whole lot of people are half depressed already. No, now, I'm, I'm not saying I, I got this all at once myself. The first few years I was in the ministry, I didn't understand this. And people would come, and I, I grew up kind of a sheltered life. We had a, we had a good home life, and, and parents that stayed together and loved each other and loved us. And, and we grew up out in the country, and, and, you know, not a lot of crime, and just had a good life. And so I'm in the ministry, and people would come in, and they'd tell me what was happening in their life, and I was just shocked. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I didn't say it, but I'm like, I never heard of such. Y'all did what? Who did what? They did what? 
And so the person is telling me, and they're coming apart and crying, and I'd get reach and get the Kleenex box and hand them one, and I'd get one for myself too. Because I'm just sitting there crying, thinking, and they're going, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm thinking, I don't know either. I mean, you, you, you're messed up. Your life is a disaster. <laughs> but will that help them? Come on. Huh? A lot of times people think they want you to get all upset and cry with them. But when everybody's done heaving and crying, where are you? Where are you? And I saw, eventually, thank God, I saw I cannot be moved by what I see, by what I hear. God is bigger. Hallelujah. And nothing is too hard for him to fix or to heal, or to meet the need, or to deliver, or to recover. Nothing. It's easy for him. I said, it's easy for him. I like what Brother Schambach used to say. He said, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. (laughs) And compared to what God can do, you don't have any problems. Now people will get upset. A lot of times if you don't get upset over how bad their problem is. But I had to learn to quit doing that. I can't get a Kleenex for me too. I can hand them one. But then when they look at me through their tears. And, and, and they need to see some hope. They need to see some confidence. I can be compassionate. And I do care. But this is not the end. This is not the end. And this is not hopeless. There is no such thing as an incurable disease with God. There is no such thing as something too late, too far gone, too hard, too big for God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. It's easy for him. Easy for him. But what we do have to overcome is our own fears. What we do have to overcome is our own unbelief. Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And without faith, we don't receive and we don't overcome. Which is why He said, don't do it. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. What do we do instead? Trust in Him. Rest in him. Go with me to uh, Isaiah, please. I tell you what, do it like this. Go to Mark 4. What kind of life would it be to just go day after day, week after week, month after month, not depressed? Not upset, not mad, not bitter. What's going on? What you find, we've already talked about this at some length. Paul talked about this, the one who God used to pen, be careful for nothing. We read in other passages where he said the cares of the churches came on him. But if he found out, you're to not be careful 
about any of it, not take any of that care. And then Peter said, throw it all on the Lord. We realize it's coming on him, but he's not letting it stay. It's coming on him, but he's not letting it get in him. It's not the things that come against you that can squeeze you. It's only what you let in. And so because of that, we read in 2 Corinthians, I, I don't turn there, I'll just read it to you. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, he said, we're troubled, and that word means pressed, on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. And verse 13, well, he went on to say, cast down, but not destroyed. And verse 13 says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. This is faith. Now, being a faith man or woman, living and walking by faith, doesn't mean you're not going to have any issues in life. It doesn't mean nothing's going to come against you. What it does mean is how you respond to it. You don't respond like unbelievers. You don't just freak out and go berserk and fall in a heap on the floor and despair and quit. You don't. You are troubled, pressed, but not distressed. I like to say it like this. You're pressed on the outside, but not squeezed on the inside. Pressed, but not squeezed. He said, we're perplexed, but not in despair. I said like this, I got questions. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not desponding and and quitting. He went on to say, we're persecuted. That means those are against you, but not forsaken. And you need to keep coming back. I got people against me. I got the enemy against me, but God's for me. Don't emphasize who's against you. Emphasize who's for you. (laughs) I know this sounds simple, but this is make or break. This is be defeated or have victory. This is go down like a lot of people do or have a miracle. This is the difference. He went on to say, cast down, but not destroyed. One one individual said, knocked down, but not knocked out. It's not about what happens on the outside. It's about what happens on the inside. You can't control everything that happens on the outside. Have you figured this out yet? If not, you need to acknowledge it. You need to concede to it. You cannot control your family. You cannot control your family and your friends. And your co-workers and all the people you interact with on the job or in life. Some of the most miserable people are the people who try to run everybody that they come around with. They get mad through the drive through Because they change the language and ask for something that's not on the menu. 
And they keep telling them, do you want the super value deal? And they go, no, no, no. And they get madder and madder and madder. Hey, you're at their place. Talk their language. Well, I'm paying good money. I have a right. Okay, so be upset and miserable the rest of your life. That's your options. Because it's not just doing it there. A lot of folks do this everywhere. Everywhere they go, they're trying to control people and make everybody adapt to me and make everybody do what I want and do it my way. And if you do that, you are going to be perpetually disappointed and continually aggravated. Man, it's quiet in here. Is it quiet in here? Or is it just me? I'm talking about well, well, come on to think about it. You're fighting mad because they didn't do what you wanted. Are you doing what Jesus told you to do? Are you being careful for nothing? Are you casting all the care over on him? Are you not letting your heart be troubled? You are definitely troubled. You're fuming. Smoke's coming out your ears. Don't tell us you're not troubled. Well, yeah, but, 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 but. Okay, be that way and be miserable. Week after week. Month after month, year after year. What does it mean to cast the care? You told somebody the right thing. Maybe even heard from the Lord about it. But they could care less. They don't want to hear it. You told them two more times. And they liked it even less those two times. (laughs) So what do we do now? What do we do? We've given you the answer already. This is not a trick. What what do we do? We need to cast the concern about this. Just give it to him. Just, Just say, here, Lord, I can't fix this. I can't run them. I can't change them. I can't control them. I'm not supposed to try. Here you go. Lord, uh, show them what they need to see. Show me what I need to see. And, and I'm going to back off here. And... Uh, Enjoy my salvation. And keep my peace. And get back to rejoicing in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Folks, there are a lot of people that have not realized it. But they are just in fight mode. Day and night. Everybody they're around, they're contending with. They don't know how to go with the flow. On anything. It's always just, you know, always no, always no, I got to do it this way. No, I need this from you. No, I don't care. Always contention. And folks don't realize it. Now, you know, if it was twice a year that you experienced some contention with people. But if everywhere you go, you're having issues. Everything you're involved with, people just won't act right. Everywhere you go, nobody will act right. What might you conclude? Come on. If you were spiritual and had some discernment, what might you conclude? I'm being a pill. Nobody likes to admit it. 
If you're staying upset all the time, aggravated, annoyed, depressed, hurt, that's not saying things about everybody around you. It's saying something about you. How often you're upset reveals how immature you are. And what you get upset about shows our values and our priorities. Spiritual people, truly spiritual people, are easygoing. They're easy to be around. I said they are easy and enjoyable to be around. You get around them and you just sense peace. Hallelujah. And they're not selfish, so they're not demanding everything my way all the time. Selah. Think about it. (laughs) Where are you in the scriptures? In uh, Mark 4, 37, there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat in the ship so that it was now full. You're in a little boat. It's pitch dark. The storm is raging. The lightning is crashing. The waves are coming in the boat. It's time to get scared. Anybody with good sense is going to get upset and shaken. Am I right? I see people answer me, yeah. All had been paying attention the whole time. Well, let's see if it's right or not. Jesus is in the hinder part of the ship praying intensely because this is a very dangerous situation they're in. Ah, he's asleep on a pillar in the middle of a storm in the middle of the night. On the dark black sea. And they awake him. And what's the first thing they say? What's the first thing they say? They say master. King James says carest thou not that we perish. We don't talk like that. You understand. They're not on a stage doing a play. They're out here in the boat. And they're scared. What are they saying? They come back and they shook it. Master, master, don't you care? We're all about to drown out here. We're all about to be destroyed. Don't you care? Don't you care? Scared and don't you care go together. Faith works by love. Come on, are you with me? Are they scared? They are scared. Did they have to be scared? Are you sure? (laughs) Master, don't you care? What what are they asking? They didn't say, what do we do? What's their big deal? Don't you care that we are going to drown out here? We're going to go down out here. Why would they say that? Because that's the thoughts the enemy has brought to them. 
if God cared about you, you wouldn't be going through this. Where is your God? Why? Because he knows love is the foundation of faith. And if he can take that out, that you get to questioning if God even is there or cares about you, you can no way have faith in this situation. He knows that. Now the thing that, let's just kind of pause this right here. Put up Isaiah. I had it, but I got to talking. Yeah, Isaiah 54, 14. You just stay right where you are, please, in Mark. He said, in righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. Why? For you shall not fear. Now, oppression, if you take away the O, what do you got? Press. Pression. And this is how the enemy works. He is the oppressor. Or the one who brings the pressure. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Went about doing good. And healing all who were what? Oppressed of the devil. Sickness brings pressure. Lack brings pressure. Unpaid bills. Unresolved marriage problems. Problems with your children. Come on, are you listening? Problems with your body. Symptoms. What comes with that? If it was just the physical thing, you wouldn't be upset and couldn't sleep over it. You'd just be dealing with the discomfort. But it's much more than that. So many times, the worst part of the financial crisis was not the lack of money or dealing with the issues. It was the anxiety. It was the vexation. Is that right? Amen. It wasn't just the discomfort or the pain in your body, though that can be bad. It's the fear of dying and not recovering. And it's, it's that stuff that can hang on to you. But here's the, here's the great truth. The devil can bring it. He can push on you with it. But only you let it in. It cannot get in you unless you receive it. Unless you let it in. The Bible said God didn't give us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and a sound mind. And Romans 8 says we have not received the spirit of fear again to bondage. Oh, didn't Jesus say take no thought? Didn't he say it repeatedly? Take no thought. Don't take it. Don't take it. Don't take it. It'll come. But don't take it. Don't let it in. It'll come on you. Don't let it stay. How can you be far from the pressure? Read it again. In righteousness shall you be established. Now you got to have this because if you don't believe you're right with God, you're going to have guilt and shame and condemnation. And that will undermine your faith. But no matter how much we've messed up, the blood of the Lamb is stronger. Is that right? I've had people look at me and say, yeah, but preacher, you don't know what I've done. I said, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. Doesn't matter what you've done. If you're willing to repent and receive it, the blood can cleanse from all sin. The vilest things. And if you are washed in the blood and have received his righteousness, then you are right with God. 
And if you're established in that, then you can be far from oppression. Why? For you shall not fear. When you don't yield to the fear, it can't squeeze you on the inside. It can't press you. Where does the pressure come from? That gnawing night and day. Will we make it? We're not going to have enough. We're not going to have enough. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. That fear. And if you don't fear that, it loses its power. And it can't squeeze you on the inside anymore. Hallelujah is right. Oh, hallelujah. Now, go back to Mark. What did they say? What is allowing their yielding to fear? Why are they yielding to fear? Why is it squeezing their insides? Yeah, they let it in. But through what? How did the enemy deceive them into letting it in? Why may they all die out here tonight in the water, in the storm? Because God may not care whether they make it or not. He may not even be aware of them or care. There, the master's sleeping. Sure looks like he don't care. Now here's one of the greatest things you'll hear. Everybody ready? Are you awake? If he doesn't care, why should you? Ah, that was worth coming. Come on, are you listening? That was... If he doesn't care about it, why should I be so worked up about it? If the faith is there like it should be and could be and the love is there, like we know how much he loves us like it should, we just look over at him. Does he look worried to you? No. Then why should I be worried? Well, it looks pretty rough out there. Yeah, quit looking at that. Look at him. Does he look worried? No. Okay, just relax. What's he doing? Taking a nap. What should I be doing? Maybe I should be taking a nap. Is that right? But if you don't, they weren't looking at him. They weren't considering what he cared about. So they're open to all the enemy's influence. And they're full of fear, which means they're not in faith. And they're doubting God's love. Don't you care? Keep reading. Verse 39. He got up. He rebuked the wind. He said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Don't look like much of a problem. I said it doesn't look like much of a problem. Somebody said, yeah, for Jesus. Yeah, but you're with him. In the same boat. If we could just be at ourselves. Things tossing. Waves slapping you in the face. Just think a little bit. God. Through his awesome power. Has fulfilled prophecies. For centuries and centuries. And has the Messiah. Sitting in the boat. And he's just going to let him drown out here. And not finish. (laughs) Come on and not finish his life in ministry. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, may not be able to help us get through this storm tonight. Come on, do you see this? 
What should you do? You look at the master? If he ain't worried, I'm not worried. Your head will say, you sure are worried? Say, shut up. Oh, no. No, if he's cool, I'm cool. If he didn't care about it, why should I care about it? Yeah, but what if all y'all die? What is death? It ain't the end. Slipping out of your body. And if we got more to do, is God big enough to get us through this and help us finish what we're supposed to do? And and Jesus got up and spoke and it demonstrated this ain't no thing. Just like that. It's over. It's done. Then he looks at them. What does he say? Why didn't y'all wake me up earlier? Y'all let this thing get so bad? What's the question? Why were you so fearful? How is it that you what? Have they did not get a gold star. For how they handled this. And we should learn from this. Should we learn from this saints? We should learn from this. Now go with me. To the book of Luke. Chapter 10. One of the reasons why. Believers, Christians, stay upset so much. And all of us have made mistakes in these areas. Is wrong priorities. Not having his values and his priorities. Thinking something's important when it's not. Thinking something's a big deal when it's not. Remember we talked about this earlier. uh, When scripture said when I was a child, I thought like a child. And we talk about little ones, how upset a two-year-old can get. A three-year-old when they drop their ice cream cone. I mean, I've seen kids that had a balloon and lost it. And it floated away and they wailed and screamed like it was the end of the world. Are they genuinely upset? Why are they upset? That was, that was my balloon. It was the bestest balloon in the whole world. It was the greatest balloon. Well, no, they make how many of them every day? Huh? How easily replaced is it? So they're upset because they think something's important that's not. That's not even a deal. And adults see it as a non-issue. The same thing is happening with 50-year-olds. And 70-year-olds. Come on, are you listening? People pitching a fit, getting upset over something. If you ask the Lord, He don't care about it. And every time we start getting worked up about something, we should pause and ask the Lord, Lord, you care about this? (laughs) Come on, are you with me? Lord, does this matter to you? Do you care about this? And I'm telling you, again and again and again, he doesn't care about it. Now, there are some things he cares about, but there's a whole lot of stuff. Let me read the scripture that talks about that, that he just doesn't care about. In Luke 16, 14, it says, That which is among men considered to be of an exalted nature is, in the sight of God, object of moral and religious nausea and loathing. Wow. Today's English version says things that are considered of great value by man are worth nothing in God's sight. He has a different value system than the world. 
And you and I need our minds renewed so that we begin to think like he thinks. How many think we need to look at Jesus in the back of the boat and see if he's upset or not? Is that right? And if he's not upset, I've had people fly with me before that had never flown much. And they made it pretty good. And we were in some weather. And it shook us some. And they were pretty cool. And I was surprised about how cool they were. And we landed. And I said, did you make it? I said, that was pretty rough. They said, yeah. I said, yeah. They said, well, I just kept looking at you. And you looked like you were okay. You know, you weren't upset about it. So I figured, well, must be okay. (laughs) And they were. And we were. How much pain and anguish. We could save ourselves if we'd just look at the captain. Just look at the author and finisher of our faith. And say, Lord, you okay with this? You okay? Does this bother you? Do you care about this? And if he says no, then you go, okay. Well, then me either. And your flesh will go, we care, we care. You say, shut up, shut up. If he don't care. We need mind renewal so that we're not like the three-year-old having a hissy fit over an ice cream cone. In Luke 16. No, no, no. Luke 10. This is the account of a story that's very familiar to many of us. Of Mary and Martha. And the situation that happened at their house with Jesus. Anybody remember that? Luke 10, are you there? And on down towards the end of the chapter, verse 38, I believe it is, it says, it came to pass as they went that Jesus entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. Cumbered about. Cumbered means draw or dragged all around, distracted. We live in a distracted world where people live in a perpetually interrupted, distracted state. Trying to keep up with all their texts and all their emails and all their favorite programs. Did you hear me? And folks are just bing, 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 bing. They're like a pinball. They're all over the place. And these people have no peace. They have no peace. And you'll find as this progresses, they lose their joy. And they're always tired. They're always tired. And what it does not occur to them. And and all of us have made some mistakes along this line. But it doesn't occur to them. That all this stuff that I think I have to do. I didn't ask the Lord about it. He didn't tell me to do it. And most of this I'd be better off not doing but you can get used to a certain kind of lifestyle and you actually can get addicted to busyness. 
just like somebody that smokes and they quit. I've seen people that quit smoking. I mean, for the next several years, they just reach for their pocket. Because what did you do when you got nothing going on? You smoked. You just did it, you know, without thinking about it. And people can be so addicted to something going on all the time, looking at something, hearing something, interacting with something, answering something all the time, that if you just shut everything off and absolutely nothing is going on, they immediately start having withdrawals. They're like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Uh, 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 it's too quiet around here. I've had people tell me, it's too quiet. It's too still. I need to, I need to be, you, you need to relax. The Bible said, be still and know that I am God. We were in healing school some years ago, and I had, I had about three or four, happened on that week, businessmen, and, and they had serious physical issues. And some of them were successful. And the Lord led me to do this. We came in, and I, I got there, and they were set there. They had their coat off, and they had their pad out, and they had their stuff out, and they were ready. I said, uh, put your pads away. You won't need your pens today. We're not taking any notes. You can close your Bible. We're just going to wait on the Lord for an hour and a half. Oh, man. You'd have thought I said we're going to pull teeth without any painkiller. <laughs> I mean, they looked at me. They didn't know what to do with themselves. And they looked at me and I knelt down and I started waiting on the Lord and looked at them. And they're just looking at me and I had to get up and explain to them. No, don't, don't just look at me. Wait on the Lord. And if you've not done it, your mind is like that pinball. It's just yeah. stuff going back and forth. And, and if you've not done it, it can take you a little while until you finally, eventually begin to get quiet. Martha, I believe she's a good woman. We're going to see her one of these days. She's had Jesus and his company over to her house. But she is what? Cumbered about. She's distracted. She's pulled all around about. And uh, she came to the Lord. And, and the Lord's in there in the room ministering. So she had to interrupt him. And she says, Lord, what'd she say? Does that sound familiar? What'd she say? Don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. That's King James. We wouldn't say it that way. <laughs> Lord, don't you care? I'm in here doing all this by myself. Would you tell that lazy heifer sister of mine to get up <laughs> off of her behind and get in here and help me? I can't do this by myself. Well, now, why did I say that? Because she's upset. She's up, is her heart troubled? Is she upset? She's upset. Who's she upset with? Who? Not just her sister. She's upset with the Lord. Because he didn't care enough to notice 
and send her in there to help her. And she's in there by herself. And they got a house full of company. And she's got all these preparations to make. And she knows he knows things. You'll say the Lord didn't notice. No, he's sharper than that. He notices things. He knows things. So she figures, well, he knows and he just don't care. The Lord doesn't care. This is one of the devil's favorite lies. And you would think we would know better enough to not receive it. But I'm telling you, people are falling right and left with this same old lie. Where is the Lord? If he cared, he'd have done this. If he'd have cared, he wouldn't let that happen. If he'd have cared, if he'd have cared, if he'd have cared, you don't care. And if you agree to that in any degree, what you just did is open up and let this inside you, and now it squeezes you. It squeezes you. It It could press against you, but you didn't have to let it in. But if you believe that, is it squeezing her? Is she upset? interrupts Jesus. What was he saying? He was sharing the word. She figures she's so right and him and her so wrong. She's justified. I believe she's a good woman. I believe she's a hard worker. But that don't justify this. I think she was sure that Jesus is going to go that's right. Like, get up and go help your sister. That's right. Get on in there. Why are you still here? But he didn't. I said he didn't. He didn't. What did he do? Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Like we've said before, when the Lord calls your name twice like that, just go ahead and kneel down and get... And get ready to repent because you've messed up. You are careful. Now, and that what the Lord told us not to do. You are careful, same word too, and troubled about many things. One translation, NIV says, you are worried and upset about many things. The message says, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. But was it over nothing to her? Now, we've already been over this. What should Martha have done? Well, let's, let's get back to the boat. What should you do? You're tempted to get shaken. But you got to remember, compared to the Lord, I'm a two-year-old. I think my balloon flying away is a big, big deal. But I need to have enough sense to realize it may not be as big a deal as I thought it was. Let's check with the big boss. What should she have done? She should have checked with the master. Shouldn't she? She should have checked with him. Instead of getting all worked up and all upset. How do you do it? First of all, you can notice he's not upset about it. That should tell you something right there. Does he know things? Yes, he knows things. If it was the plan and will of God for her sister to be in the kitchen working away, 
And the father had spoken it to Jesus. He said, I just say what the father says. I do what I see the father do. It would have come up. Hmm? And the fact that it hasn't come up could begin to reveal to you. It could not be as important as I'm thinking it is. And at the very least, be considerate. Show some humility. And ask. Pride assumes. Pride presumes. Didn't she presume? We got all this to be done. I need some help. Everybody knows. Why doesn't the Lord know? But just you being worked up and upset shows you're wrong. Just you being upset and all worked up shows you're wrong. And at the very least, you go ask. Lord, should she come in there and help me? Very likely he could have, he would have said, no, you just sit down right here too. Because of what he said. Look what he said. He said, Martha, Martha, you're full of care and troubled about all these many things. Keep going. One thing. What? One thing is needful. Was it what was going on in the kitchen? Was it was the one thing the meal? She's upset about that because she's just sure that's the most important thing because all these people are going to need to eat here in a little bit and it's not going to magically appear by itself or could it? Uh, It did. I said it did. A few loaves and fishes fed thousands of people with 12 baskets left over and nobody slaved in the kitchen. Nobody even turned the stove on. She didn't check with the Lord. She assumed this is the most important thing. And then when it wasn't going the way that she was just sure it needed to go and had to go, she starts getting worked up, worked up, worked up, upset, troubled, angry at her sister, upset with the Lord. But who's in the wrong here? She is. Not her sister. According to Jesus, her sister's right where she needs to be right now. Is the Lord in the wrong? No, the Lord's not in the wrong. Who needs to repent? Martha? Martha. Dear. Mary's chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Do we need mind renewal? Do we need to check with the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray about this for a little bit. There are a lot of hearts and minds represented here in the building, in the Internet. A lot of things going on in people's lives. And truth be told, a lot of people have been upset. Been scared, they've been worried, they've fretted, they've been anxious, mad, hurt, bitter, all these things. But 
it reveals problems. And not problems with them. Problems with you. All of us have made mistakes. But let's, let, let me lead you in a prayer right now. And then let's let the peace of God come in. He, he said if we do what he told us to do. The peace of God. It passes understanding. We come in and keep our heart and mind. It can happen right now. Right here. Right now without any delay. Everybody sit out loud. Father God. I believe your words. I believe the words of the master. And I choose to do them. With your help. I put away. Fear. I resist. Fear. Fear. Leave me. In Jesus name. Oppression. Heaviness. Depression. Confusion. Worry. Anxiety. I resist you. Leave me. I throw all my cares. On the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I throw all my cares on you, Lord. Hallelujah. I do it by faith right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Said out loud, Lord, help me to grow up. See things through your eyes the way you see them. That your priorities would become my priorities. That your values would become my values. Remind me to check with you and ask you if it matters to you. Do you care about it? Is it important to you? And if it's not, why should it matter to me? Why should I get upset about something you don't care about? Ha. Pray in the Spirit some about this. Oh, Naleki, Esh Nivelo, On Sarafise, On Zainabishator, On Benazan Tali, 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 Eno Tali, Mo Santekai, On Janepi, O Shalevi. Oh, Shanana, Keroso. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just keep praying some and praising some. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, knots and, and fears, frustrations be dissolved. Be removed. Oh, hallelujah. As you're genuinely doing this, keep doing it. As you're genuinely doing this, healing is happening. Healings are taking place. There are some things happening 
in people's brains, in their brains and in their minds. There are some things that are just being relaxed. Oh, hallelujah. And they're being made straight. And they're being made, how they're being restored. They're being restored. Be restored in Jesus' name. Be loosed and healed and made right and made whole. There are some spots. I don't know what they are, but they're, they're like lesions or spots. Those are going away as you cast your cares over on Him. I'm telling you, don't miss out on this, saints. They're, ju- they're just fading away. They're just fading away. They're, they're going away. Be gone in Jesus' name. Everything that the Father did not put there on the brain, everything that's not supposed to be there, I curse it and command it to leave, command it to go away in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, keep praising Him and thanking Him. Good things are happening. Stomachs are being healed. Stomachs are being healed. Cysts and lesions in the esophagus and in the intestines are being healed right now as you truly cast your cares over on Him. If it doesn't bother Him, why should it bother you? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 There's more than one case where it's been like a weight, like a weight on your chest. And as you truly cast your cares over on Him, that's coming off of you. That's coming off of you. It was hard to breathe. Hard to breathe. But you need to take a deep breath as an act of faith that you're casting all your cares over on Him. Come off of them in Jesus' name. Be loosed in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some that a cloud was around you. A cloud. It's just like a darkness and confusion but if you quit worrying about that don't say you can't it's a choice it's just an act of faith say it again I cast all the care about that situation off of me and on to you Lord here you go I give it to you I refuse to worry about that I refuse to be upset about that. I refuse to lose sleep over that. No more. No more. No more. 
Oh, hallelujah. Be loosed. Be free. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.